Feel the rhythm. Feel the vibe. Something, something. It's Bob's Lay time. <laughs> I haven't seen that film in such a long time. <laughs> Makes me sad because of how John Candy's dead. Yeah. Is he dead? Probably. Everyone's dead. It's 2016. Everyone's either dead or a paedophile. <laughs> or both. <laughs> John Candy. Yeah, he... What? What? John Candy didn't die in 1994. Did he? What films has he done since? <laughs> Dean. Carl. How's it going, mate? You alright? Yeah, it's going good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, it feels weird having small talk after having spoken to each other for the past 30 minutes. Well, <laughs> something pretty significant happened to me this week. Oh, yeah. Um, I re- sort of reconnected with an ex of mine. Um, I think it's getting pretty serious. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with that. But, yeah. Feelings, feelings time. Feelings. Um, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. I don't know. I'm into it. Um, he? He, uh, yeah, his name's Doom Marine. Doom uh, Marine. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on and off since the early 90s. Yeah, um, it didn't, it, it did pretty well. We sort of hung out a bit at the beginning of this year, but this week I've really sort of gotten back into the fold, back into his loving embrace. Rip and tear. Yeah. Why is that? Is that how it goes? They are rage, brutal without mercy, but you will be worse, <laughs> and he is worse. <laughs> awesome. So you've been playing Doom. Yeah, I've been playing That's Doom trying to tell us. on uh, on your Steam account quite heavily. Yeah, at least someone's playing it. <laughs> I haven't got past like the first. I've got past the first bit and um, somewhere in, like the second bit, I guess. I don't know. I'm um, working my way towards Ultra Nightmare again. I didn't quite finish it last time. So anyway, this is Codename Chicken Week Six. Six. Thanks for that. I almost missed it. Yeah, half a dozen. Half a dozen, just like a half a dozen of eggs. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, I've fucking done it again, haven't I? Done what? I've got my beer here, but I already opened it. Oh, no. God damn it. No, I guess I'm going to have to open one. Yeah, I'm going to have to get another one later on. So I've, I've got two to open. So I'm going to start off with the bad one, or the one that I think is going to be bad. So let's have a go. Mm. Okay, it sounded okay. So... It's Rock and Roll Craft Beer by Marshall Amps, <laughs> the uh, guitar amp making company. This is the one that you predicted would taste like Rockstar Sweat. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Not in a good way either. And it says blonde on it. Alcohol 6%. Hmm. So skip. It smells like generic lager, like Budweiser kind of. It's got this weird generic taste, but then it's got this aftertaste, which is a bit malty, I guess. It's if, um, if you good. had your it's choice, it's as good as what I thought it'd be. <laughs> if you had your choice, 
Yeah. Which rock star's sweat would you drink? Oh, it is a question. There's no um, upside, except... There isn't. I'll give you 20 quid. Say Elton John, because I he'd be very fragrant. It's <laughs> a pretty sweet choice. Yeah, I could actually be pretty fragrant and... Uh, yeah. Um... When I first think of Rockstar, for some reason, Axl Rose pops in my head, and no, no, no. Oh, I bet his sweat is grimy. Just like, (laughs) oh, I don't even want to know what his sort of diet consists of. Well, I mean, he lives in America. It's probably like wheatgrass and acai or something. (laughs) He's he's a rich person in America. He probably just lives on shoots and and (laughs) and leaves. (laughs) Um, but yeah, to sum it up, Marshall beer, do not drink. I've got a bottle, which is, I normally go for a can, but I quite like a bottle at the moment. Uh, a bottle of Blue Moon, Belgian okay. white. Uh, it's 5.4%. I'll tell you what, it's delicious. It's one of those, uh, you know, sort of blonde Belgian beers. Yeah, I like Blue Moon, especially because it reminds me of Fallout New Vegas. Why? Blue Moon. Da, 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 da. I, I can't remember the song. Is that song Blue, Blue Moon? Moon? That's the one. I can't sing. Alone. I know the yeah, one. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's on the soundtrack of Fallout. Speaking of Fallout New Vegas, particularly the soundtrack, mm-hmm. there was one track on that soundtrack that I fucking adored. It was called Big Iron by a guy called Marty Robbins. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I went and got this guy's album shortly after that, and I love it so much. He just does stories about um, like being a hard man in the West or like being a rancher or how someone told him to ride this horse for money, but it turns out the horse was really vicious, so the guy was going to get hung for being a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Stories we can relate to. It was pretty cool songs that really sort of resonate with me as I am, like as a person. You know, my sort of core (laughs) ideals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I have to uh, pick that one out. So, um, what were we yammering on about this week? You were angry with me this week. Oh, okay. There's, I mean, there's a few, a fair few reasons. Yeah, you sent me some angry messages because I told you that I bought a book. Oh, for fuck's sake, Dean. (laughs) (sighs) What have you got against literature? I've got nothing against literature. Um, You're a fascist. (laughs) (laughs) A fascist pig, apparently. Um, I do have something against multi-hundred-pound picture books. Yeah, so... Um, Which, I, you break it down into its constituent parts, <laughs> is not worth that money in any way at all. Yeah, so Apple released a new book for, I can't remember the UK prices, like $200 or $300, depending on the size that you get. They do like a big size and then a bigger size. And it's literally just product pictures of the past 20 years of Apple hardware design. Um. So basically a book full of Macs, a MacBook, if you will. A picture book for big babies with too much money. <laughs> it's um <laughs> not to be reductive. Yeah. No, no, no. I completely agree. It's it's um 
It's a lot of money, but then I got it. I had a quick look at it in the Regent Street store because I'm saving it for Christmas um, because I didn't know what I want for Christmas. And then this book come out. I said, oh, okay, I'll just get that for Christmas. Um, and I gave it to my wife to give to me because, yeah, reasons. Um, so you bought yourself a Christmas present and gave it to your wife to give to you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mind you, I think I've done that in the past, but not with a wife because I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, that's how married life works now. Um, there's nothing that surprises me or nothing that I want or need. So it's just, yeah, I want this. Um, I'll buy it and give it to you to give to me. So, um, yeah, it's literally just a book full of Apple products. And I quite like it because um, I'm a big Apple fan and it's a lot of history and a lot of good design in hardware. And, and also there's some behind the scenes photos of like prototypes and mm. circuit boards and all that kind of shit. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to slowly browsing through it and looking at all the details and being a complete geek about it. And yes, it is super expensive, but it's also super high quality. It's probably taken eight years to make. Um, I make that thing in 10 minutes flat, just eat a white background <laughs> with a picture of a thing in it. Like it's, <laughs> It's professional photography isn't as easy as that. I guess. I mean, it's all sort of lighting and all that junk. I do like the design of Apple products. I've always said that if someone would make, say, a fucking iPhone 7, but let it run Android, I would be all over that because Apple's design is just hands down fantastic. The fit and finish has always been, you know, nigh on perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can see, since we talked about it, I can see the market for this book. Uh, you did point out to me that there are other books of this sort of ilk uh, that sort of previously went under the radar until Apple did it, and now everyone's got, everyone's in a tizzy, but they're going to buy it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it's going to sell, and it's going to... Yeah, I mean, it's it's got an Apple on it, it's going to sell tons, people will queue for it. Ten years' time, it's going to be worth even more money, I'd imagine. Uh, well, I mean, say that to the <clears throat> iPhone 4. I don't know. The original iPhone's worth a lot in good condition. Wasn't the original yeah, iPhone like the size of a house? Yeah. Yeah, because it's the original one. It's the first one. If it's all boxed in mint condition, it's got its value because it's a piece of history. You know, it changed the whole mobile industry, essentially. Mm. Or sparked that change. Um yeah, no, they've got a book that they made 20 years ago in like the mid 90s, which is, I think it's selling for like 800 pound now, 900 pound hmm. in like good condition or mint condition. So it's probably keep going to keep its value because, uh, you know, it's collectible and stuff. But that's not really, I'm not buying it for an investment. I'm just buying it because it's a really nice book just to look at. And when I actually saw it in a store, it's a lot bigger than what I thought. Mm. and there is a lot of quality behind it you can feel the quality on the front cover on the pages yeah, it better be for um, the price yeah <clears throat> i don't think 170 pound is i think it's 170 is it's a lot of money for what it is i would have if i was to price it um i would say like 100 pound is a good price for it yeah, i was thinking sort of the sub 100 pound area for for like 200 pounds i want the pages to be woven from unicorn hair like <laughs> you know i want it to be made of ivory or something but it's 
is is paper from trees at the end of the day like you know how good can it possibly get yeah yeah it's um it it's a good book um i don't think it's entirely worth the money but then that's the money that they price it at and supply demand market will sort itself out so yeah they'll sell out and then people will sell them for thousands that's the plan that's the plan yeah, don't get me started on Nintendo. We did that one already. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, you were, you were angry with me for buying a book. I was angry with you about a lot of things um, this week. <laughs> you tried to make me watch Marvel films, and I, I tried to watch Iron Man this morning, and I just couldn't do it. Like, I'm 100% not interested. Um, then you suggested, for some unknown reason, that we watch and review the fucking Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> literally the worst piece of shit ever created um i quite liked it at the time and i had it on vhs and i watched it several oh. times because i was a kid and just rewatched it and now that's what the problem is i, I thought it was quite an enjoyable film it's a me a danny devito <laughs> it was bob hoskins oh, bob hoskins they're the same person but, uh, they are but one's alive <laughs> yeah, danny <laughs> devito's alive yeah he's still he's still kicking around he's in um it's always sunny in philadelphia Apparently, I've never seen it. It's not um, bad. Not good either. In my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> so no, the Mario Bros. film, I think it was very underrated. I think there's a good film in there. I think it was a lot of fun. It absolutely just had no good source material. Yeah. Uh, like, not no good source material. It just didn't use the source material. But then thinking back, the source material was an 8-bit game on the on the NES. It did have some story, um, but the story came from the instruction booklet, and the instruction booklet was batshit insane Japanese translated rubbish. Like, I can't remember any specifics. Um, like, I think it was something to do with, like, Bowser was Mario's pet or something, and he got angry, and I don't even know. It's messed up. <laughs> But no, it's it's quite cool. Uh, the directors who directed it uh, never worked on anything ever again. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think they worked on anything before that either. They made music videos. Oh well, the whole thing that. was like a '90s rap video, <laughs> like a, a sort of Will Smith style '90s rap video. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think in the next few weeks or whatever, we're gonna sit down, and watch it, and. Discuss our feelings. It's kind of diff- a difficult being on different sides of the country, but I guess we can do a Skype call or something. Oh, I'm going to need some beer for that one. Oh, I think I think a bit more than beer. Yeah, maybe something harder. Um, so I guess speaking of Mario and sort of stuff like that in general and Nintendo that we brought up earlier, you went and got that new Pokemon game. I did. I did. It's, um, in the UK, it actually comes out tomorrow. <gasps> did you go through back channels? I think. I. Um, so you can do this. It came out last week in Australia. Yeah, you get it through the Australian supply, supply line. Yeah, basically you can do this little hack where you format your 3DS. Um, when you start it up, you can set your country as Australia. And then you can buy it on the Australian eShop. Shit, son, that was a legit hack. And then, yeah, and then when you sign into your Nintendo ID, <clears throat> it changes it back to the UK store 
that it keeps all your purchases that you made on the Australian store. Oh. So I've been playing it all weekend. Um, a little bit last night, I've put about 12 hours into it, maybe. Okay. 15 hours. I think I'm about... I've done four trials. They don't have gyms now. These are trials that you do. So I'm about I'm probably halfway through doing the main story trials, I guess. Oh. Um, What's your team like? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I I don't like this game that much. <laughs> Are you like me? Do you prefer the older style? Um, They've made a lot of changes, and I think they're bad ones. Um, I'm not bothered about the gyms and the trial change. That's quite a nice change. It adds a little bit of variety. Um, basically, you just do a few battles similar to what you do in a gym anyway, and then you battle what's called a totem Pokemon, who's like the boss Pokemon of this area that's been raised by someone or trained by someone. So, um, but that Pokemon can also call in allies to help it. So it's like two versus one normally. Fucking hell. And they're also beefed up like super stats on these totem Pokemon, so they're a bit more beefier than their normal wild counterparts. This so it's, um, it's quite a cool little twist. I... More than a little twist, it sounds like it just kind of pisses on the core, the core <laughs> gameplay loops of Pokemon. But I guess, exactly. I guess this is their their attempt to sort of get a new younger generation into it. But with Pokemon Go knocking about and stuff, um, I yeah. So mm, it's, yeah. It's essentially, gym battles, but instead of fighting a gym leader, some random person has trained a mega Pokemon, and you've got to fight it. Um, you fight like a, a steroid Blastoise or something. Uh, the first one's a steroid ratata. Oh, no, really? no, Rata, rat, raticate. Yeah, the big giant rat. But rat-a-cate? it's the Alolan form. They got. The, have you seen the Alolan forms of old Pokemon? I saw. I think everyone saw the um, Executor one. Yeah, where he's like got hippie hair or something. Or is no? Is it like a like a Hydra with? I can't remember. He's got. He's like a. He's like a giant palm tree with a long giant neck. Oh, yeah, it got a big neck. That's it. Yeah, so um, they look slightly different. They're like some of the original Pokemon in red and blue. The stats change? Um, their types are changed. So this is a black Rattata, Raticate, and they're dark instead of normal. Mm. So um, it's basically old Pokemon, slightly different look, and a new type, which is adds a bit of variety to it. I like that. Um, I don't necessarily like almost everything about this game that I've had so far. I do like the idea of having, being able to have a, a dark Rattata or Raticate. Um I was always very much into sort of dark and psychic anyway. Like my, any team that I had at any time in any of the games would almost definitely always have a Gengar on it. <laughs> Gengar's my boy. Um, yeah, I think for me, these ones, since... I think I played either black or white one. I didn't touch two. For me, there's just too many Pokemons now. Like, I'm I'm one of these, I'm not in there for like the story experience or whatever. I'm in there to build a dope team and to fucking trounce the Elite Four. Like, that's my whole goal, to build like a solid team with, you know, a theme or whatever. But it seems now that that's kind of like not a thing anymore. Yeah, I don't know what the kind of end game is. Like, once you beat the trials, is there kind of an elite four equivalent? I'm assuming 
there must be but I don't know how I'll, I'll keep us posted on that mm. but one thing I don't like about the game is there's so many cutscenes oh yeah see that started to f- that was annoying in the old sort of Game Boy slash DS ones um, but it got even worse moving into like the 3D ones like Black White Alpha Omega or whatever um, X and Y like and they're so intrusive I mean, they were bad enough in the original games where your rival runs up and you have to fucking talk to him for a minute and, like, get forced to fight him or whatever. But now it's, like, teen dramas going on. Like, who wants that shit? I just want to make cartoon monsters fight. It's a hell of a lot worse in the new one. Mm. Um, Basically, you've got a little mini-map at the bottom, on the bottom screen. Yeah. And you have little flags for your waypoint. So there's always a waypoint of where to go, where to go next. Oh. Um, that waypoint always triggers the next cutscene. So as you said, like, you know, you used to walk into town and then your rival would just randomly show up. You don't have that surprise anymore because, you know, I'm going to hit this red flag on the map and something is going to happen. Does that not ruin the sense of exploration? Yeah, it does completely. And talking of the sense of exploration, there is nowhere to explore. It's, everything's just very short. Like all the routes are very tiny and there's nowhere to really go to. Mm. Um, there's, there's no real, yeah, there's no real sense of exploration in it. And that's disappointing. Yes. Like in the first game, I remember going to see Brock, the first gym. Yep. You have to like make your way through one town and go through a forest. that was like quite big and quite winding. And it felt like an achievement just getting to the gym. But now it's just, you don't have any of that, and it's so strange. Yeah. Did you ever... Have you played any ROM hacks? The Pokemon game? Mm, no. No, I haven't. There was one... I can't remember what it was called, uh, but it changed, I think, yellow, so that it followed the story of the anime. Oh, okay. Which was actually pretty fucking cool. Like, you had to, you know, rescue your Pikachu from a storm of Pidgeys, and... It faints. <laughs> you got to get into the Pokemon Center really quickly, and then like you have to do a, a water battle with Misty and stuff. Um, like it was really cool. And there was like obviously Pokemon Uranium has been in the news quite a bit recently. They got DMCA'd or shut down or whatever. These ROM hacks are all really cool, right? They work. They're basically full retail games that someone's just made from the files of the original Pokemon games. It goes back to the, this thing we were talking about a little while ago about like the fans creating content and then that content is getting fucking batted away with the band hammer like Game Freak or Nintendo or whoever should be hiring these people because these people are making games that people obviously want to play and from what I've heard from various outlets so far about Pokemon Sun and Moon it seems like nobody wants that nobody wants this change no there's a lot of changes which is it's good that they're experimenting, but then they're not positive changes. Mm. And they're a step back in some places. So I'm halfway through the game. I don't feel like I've explored anywhere because it's all just been very linear and going from checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint. And the checkpoints are so frequent. All these little cutscenes are so frequent. It's so annoying. Mm. <clears throat> I don't feel like I haven't really got invested in the overarching story, which I'm not really sure what it is because I don't really, it's all very mysterious and hasn't really been touched on. I think it's um, catch them, catch them, gotta catch them all, gotta catch them no, all. No, there is, Come on. there is kind of like a mysterious story that you don't really know what's happening yet. Hmm. Um, 
I won't really say too much because I don't really know too much, but they've kind of hinted on things here and there, but it's not been elaborated on. And yeah, it's just so many cutscenes, so many cutscenes, and it's just there's no surprise, no exploration, and about halfway through, everyone just keeps giving me items. So everyone just gives me pokeballs. Everyone gives me, um, you know, I've got, I can break rocks now. I can surf. I can fly. And I'm like halfway through, and I don't feel like I've really achieved much. Yeah, you had to fight for those. I mean, they they were basically upgrades, weren't they? Like you had to almost solve puzzles to get those before. Um. Yeah, now they're just given to you. Um, this person, like, you beat a trial, and the guy says, hey, I'm going to give you this. And hey, I'm also going to give you this. And here's some Pokeballs as well. <laughs> what? what? Stop <laughs> giving me stuff. Stop giving me stuff. I've got, like, a crap ton of money and nothing to spend it on because... Just get kept giving shit. Yeah, I've got, like, enough potions and, and Pokeballs and whatever. So, yeah, I, I think it's just very unbalanced story-wise. Um, the battling stuff seems pretty top-notch. They've made it a bit harder so the ai kind isn't dumb anymore i don't think the ai is picking random moves yeah back in uh right. i used to think they just roll a four you know roll a four dice and then just pick a move based on that but now it seems to have like actual bits of strategy involved in their moves back in i think platinum you used to be able to game the entire fucking game with just a dunsparce <laughs> Dunsparce would just have status effects coming out of his ass non-stop like just like sleep poison paralysis go and like you could just get through everything the Elite Four was nothing for a Dunsparce if you trained it up <laughs> it was great but uh, yeah so I don't really recommend this game that much I'm going to play it because I've played all of them and you know I've got to and hopefully it might get better but it seems very hand-holdy at the moment and I wouldn't be surprised to see Sun 2 and Moon 2 like there was Black 2 and White 2 Mm. Um, something I'm kind of itching to talk about yeah we're going to the land of Pokemon aren't we we are we are we're going to Japan we're going to where Pokemon's came from we're going to the great Nippon Nippon Ichi Nippon Ichi yeah Um, oh man I'm so fucking hyped (laughs) like I'm so hyped that I'm living like a homeless person to pay for it it's great (laughs) yeah so I'm going there's a conference in Japan a developer conference for two days so I'm going to go to that Um, and yeah apparently you're going to join me and we're going to have some fun times in Japan oh yeah it's going to be great Um, Yeah, I went this year and it's absolutely amazing. It was my first time and yeah, that was it's everything thing. I thought it would be. <laughs> that was another thing that made me angry because you were in Japan just non-stop sending me pictures of shit. Like, oh, here's <laughs> me riding a Mario Kart in the street dressed as Mario. Oh, no big deal. Here's me in a sex shop with a weapon to surpass Metal Gear. Like, <laughs> thanks, team. But now, I, now I'm going and like, it looks like we're staying in a pretty cool place that's full of comics and shit and like manga or whatever. And I'm going to eat so much ramen and sort of various flavored beef because <laughs> I don't like seafood. So what, what, um, what are you most looking forward to about Japan? There's something that I've always wanted to go to Japan to see. And that is, um, the giant Gundam they have at Gundam front which is like um, on Odiba Island. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a shopping center slash arcade yeah. hangout place. It's kind of just like a big Gundam themed building, but they have a uh, a one to one scale RX seventy eight two Gundam outside, which used to be next to a motorway, um, and <laughs> apparently went up overnight. Like, <laughs> and people just in the morning commute or whatever. There was a Gundam next to the motorway, <laughs> lights up and spews smoke and stuff. Um, so yeah, I want to see that. Uh, I want to go. I've eaten so much ramen in this country that I want to go and have the real deal. You know, I'm going to go get. And I'm probably just going to live on ramen while I'm there, like cheap bowls or whatever, but I want to go and get that tip-top, top dog ramen, like the, you know, the best ramen that you can get. It's probably going to be really expensive, I guess, but you have to, right? Yeah, we're just going to survive on ramen yakitori, which is just grilled meat skewers. Fine by me. Um, and uh, maybe go for a fancy meal uh, and get some wagyu beef. Yeah, I think this is my whole jam because I'm like saving to take money there. I think I'm going to be. So I also don't think I'm going to go for as as long as you. I think I'll be coming back like a couple of days earlier or something. Um, I think I'm just going to like subsist for ninety percent of it, and then on the last day, fill my suitcase with Gundams and um, other cool shit. Like I think I'm going to be making mental notes of stuff as I'm going around and then just bundle it all into a suitcase on on the way back um for my 16 hour flight or whatever it is yeah no it's gonna be pretty cool and um yeah no the food is out as well it's so cheap as well to get good food Mm. out there especially ramen like a big bowl of ramen is just so filling and it's like a few pounds you know five five pounds maybe yeah compared to uh what are we paying sure you like 26 quid or something I can tell you exactly what we're paying Shoyu because <laughs> <laughs> moving on, I'd done a ramen tour of London. A, I mean, let's be um, clear, it's ramen. Ramen, ramen tour, ramen, ramen. I don't know. You wouldn't believe um, it, but Dean isn't actually Northern. He He's a Southerner <laughs> like me, but he's been corrupted. Yeah, yeah, I've been down here too long. Up here too long. Up there, yeah. Up there, yeah. Northern so, London. um... Yeah, I was down in London for a conference last week. And my favourite thing to do in London is to get ramen because we don't really have it up here where I am. Um, apart from Wagamama's. Yeah, Wagamama's is okay, but it's kind of like the Taco Bell of ramen. <laughs> it's it's nice. It does a job, but it's, you know, it's not got the love and the care that a proper ramen place would put into it. Oh, shit. Oh shit, son! What happened? Is he still alive? Did he chop off his thumb? Where'd he go? Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! I think we've lost him forever. I just did a whoops. Oh, did you? I was trying to sneak away really quietly to grab a beer, <laughs> and then my headphones fell off the table and stuff. It was a bit of a mess. Yeah, it was quite. Quite embarrassing. Zoinks. For you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I I was in London for two days. Um, I ended up having ramen for lunch, ramen for dinner, and ramen for lunch again the day after, before I got my train back. Just getting prepped for Just lunch. Just I thought I'd go down it, 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 I thought I'd go to three different places and just sum up the experience. Because we normally just go to one of them, which is Shoiro 
shoyu, 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 which shoyu, is I'm yeah. pretty sure a type of ramen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the name of the place, shoyu. It's in Leicester uh, Regent Street. <clears throat> is your northern town so preventing our... you from saying shoyu? Shoyu, shoyu. There you, there you go. Shoyu. <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> sure you can. So. Um, yeah, that's our normal hangout. So I thought I'd definitely go there and also try out two others, which I've heard about but never been to. So one called Iputu, Iputo, which is on Central St. Giles, which is a big giant building where Google has their office. Mm. And another one called Bone Daddies, which is on Peter Street, which is um, just around the corner from the other two. I've heard of Bone Daddies. Yeah, yeah. So... um where shall I start? Where shall I start? I think if we use, because we both know Shoryu, I think if we use Shoryu as the baseline, I think that's best. And also I'm going to make a, a noise. Oh. oh, I don't know if that was loud enough. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. I've got another beer. It's a different one. What, what one is it this time? Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Huh. Sam Adams. Sam Adams, yeah. Um, Oh, I mean, on the front, it says Boston Lager, America's world-class beer, and then on the back it says brewed in the UK. <laughs> oh, well. Yes, it's a disappointment. Um, right, so are you sure you're as a baseline because this is, slash was, we'll have to find out if it still is, my favourite ramen place. Oh, I'm excited um, for the result. Okay, so... Was that a bong? No, that was my bottle hitting the table. It just tastes like Budweiser. <laughs> what a lead. So, um, okay, so, um, Shoyu Ramen, my favourite things about it, it's got the perfect beer selection. Mm, yes. Oh. It's got the, it's got the Hitachino Nest uh, Whitetail, yeah, is... which you got me into. You told me to order it and I did not regret Second it. Second favourite beer on in, that I've experienced so far in my life. Love that yeah, shit. I'd have to agree. It's one of the top beers for me. I carry around a Hitachino Nest uh, beer mat in my wallet because I love the design. It's just <laughs> a really cool little owl. Yeah, yeah, it's such a cool little logo. Um, so yeah, they have the perfect beer. Great buns. <laughs> Great buns, and that's not a pun. They do, um, they do this char siu pork and these soy marinated chicken buns, yeah. and they're just a perfect starter or side accompaniment to the ramen. Oh, you're making me hard. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, they got very tasty ramen. Ramen. Mm. Uh, I think it's 12-hour... 12 12-hour 12 um, yeah, pork broth. Mm. So they put a lot of time into making the broth, and it really shows because it's, it's full of flavour. It's very thick. Um, it's very thick, but I find it... Unlike, say, Wagamama's, it doesn't have all that sort of guff floating around on top of it. It's very sort of constituted, Pure. like, it's, yeah, it, you know, it's, I think the, the Wagamama's. They must one, filter it or something. Yeah, there's no sort of shit floating around in there except for what you want, like the, the bits you've put in there. Yeah, um, and the pork on top is tasty. Mm. The noodles, you can ask, you, you get to choose how hard you want them, you know, soft, medium, hard, extra, whatever. Yeah, size, length, yeah. a lot. Yeah, I like to have uh, my noodles a bit harder because they get softer anyway because they're in the hot broth. Um, so yeah, um, a really good bowl of ramen. And 
they got the cool wooden spoons. Yes. Which is a nice touch. Mm. Um, one thing I don't like is the bowls because they're like kind of plasticky branded bowls, I think. Are they plasticky or are they like China? It's kind of like a, I always think of it as terracotta, but I guess it's like a China, like a, a dull China. I don't think it's not plastic for sure. Mm, I thought it was like, it wasn't dull. It was shiny, like um, glossy. Yeah, I mean like terracotta is normally sort of bright and, you know, vibrant. This is kind of like a, a dull sort of brownish color. Yeah, so they're like black bowls, they're kind of chinery, which is okay. Um, it's just I don't like the branding on the bowls, but that's a personal, that's a really very superficial, that's, that shows you how much I couldn't criticise it. I had to look at the bowls design to, to find criticisms. Um, and it's kind of like a restauranty, a casual restauranty setting. Yeah. So it's very dark, um, it's got like long tables where you can all sit together. You sit with random people. It's got seats everywhere. Like your seats looking out over the street or whatever. Um, I like the way they kind of, yeah. um, I mean, it's kind of a little bit sad, I guess, but some of the waiters and waitresses there know me now. <laughs> the amount of times I've been there. But I love seeing like someone go in there for the first time and all the waiters and waitresses go, Intadakimas! And like everyone shouts it back. And it's just like a really cool little thing. I quite like it. Yeah, as soon as you go in, they just bang this little drum. Yeah, they are. and they bang it. They bang it like once, twice, or three times, depending on how many people was in your party. So like you're being announced like a like in a like a evil court or something. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and that's a very nice touch. So um, that wins points as well. Yeah. Um, music. It's just got like some very ambient Japanesey style mm. Oriental music in the background, which I've got no complaints about. As to the setting, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's it. So, next one is Iputo. I'm intrigued. So, it's um, a very traditional ramen bar setting. So, I was sat on a little stool um, overlooking the kitchen. Okay. So, that's simply how you'd be at a general, um, uh, you know, a ramen bar in Japan, for example. As you get to watch the open kitchen, yeah, you're on like a little small stall, little back of the stall. Um, and had colour coded bowls based on the meal, and I believe they were plastic. Hmm. Plastic or china, I can't remember, but it was still like uh, glossy okay. china, which isn't a problem. Um, yeah, they had different colour bowls based on the meal, which is a bit strange. So um, different dishes had different colours. I think they had like three different types of ramen. Um, the beer selection was okay. I had the Kirin. I've had that, yeah. Kirin. Um, that's a Quite nice. typical Japanese beer. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't a Hitachino White Owl. No, not, but nothing really comes close. It, no, no. It was just like a generic, um, just a generic lagery beer. So it was okay. Um, the buns were okay. I wasn't that overly impressed with them. I had I only had the chicken one and it was okay. Nothing special. Um, and that's pretty much what I've got to say about that one. <laughs> okay. I, I like it. Was, of, it was okay. I like the idea of sitting in, you know, so you can see the kitchen. Um, the colour-coded bowls kind of perplexes me a bit, I guess, because, you know, if you're washing your bowls, I guess it doesn't really matter which bowl, which food goes in. Um, unless they somehow colour-code you to match. I, mm, I don't know. Beer selection sounds a bit 
off key to me. You need that hitarchino in there, really. Um, what about the selection of you know condiments on the table? Because in uh, in Shoyu, I know you've oh, got yeah, got your soy sauce. You've got your uh, uh, sesame seeds. You got a, they give you a like a fresh clove of garlic and a garlic grinder thing to put you know your own garlic in there and stuff. Anything like that going on over there? Yeah, yeah. So they had the garlic press, which is quite cool. Um, that's something that I'd expect. They had the chili oil, same as Shoyu. Yeah. Uh, shoyu. Um, and they, yeah, they had sesame seed grinder as well. Um, I normally just use the chili and the garlic, and that's me sorted. I normally go sesame and garlic. Mm, good choice, yeah. good choice. But um, yeah, no, the ramen, um, I had the same ramen tonkotsu with uh, pork. Uh, yeah. Pork slices, the char siu pork. Yeah, no complaints. It was a good bowl. Um, I can't remember if it was good or if it was better or not than any others because they all tasted, I think, equally as good. Um, or like round about the same that I couldn't say that one was a lot better than the others. Um, they all tasted acceptable to me. as mm. tonkatsu ramen. So what really makes it is the extras that you get in the restaurant rather than the ramen bowl itself. How about price versus shoyu? Um, it's around about the same. Uh, to be honest, it was about, I think it was like... Um, 20, 22, something like that. Yeah, about £20 will get you a few, st- uh, some buns and a buns, beer and a ramen. Cool. So they all tend to be around about the same sort of price, like £11, f- 10 to 11 for a, a bowl of ramen. I know in shoyu it's... For two bowls of ramen, two orders of the sort of meat buns, depending on which meat you get, and two alcoholic beverages normally equals about £55. And I know this because Shoyu is my number one first date destination <laughs> every single time. I have this this perfect... Um, have I ever told you about this? My, my first date plan. Mm. No. Sure I know you got it for dates, but... Uh. Yeah, sure you, first off, and here's my reasoning behind that. A, it's my favourite restaurant. B, I know exactly where it is, how long it takes to get there, where my exit routes are. <laughs> Shit like that. Um, plus it's ramen with chopsticks. It's kind of a fun thing to eat. It's kind of like an icebreaker, I guess. It's a pretty, you know, it's like a nice thing to eat. And also if the person happens to like ramen, that's a plus. Um, Prince Charles Cinema around the corner. It's a cool cinema. Yeah. Uh, and then just a wander around London. It's a really good first date. And I do this for every first date. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how... That's I always know, like, right, I need to put by £55 because that's how much my sure you is going to cost. Oh, nice. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good plan you got there. I mean, I've got no pretty complaints. No, no. Um, so, it put to... Iputo. Puto. I'd I'd give them second place. Mm. Um the ramen's great, the buns are okay, the beer could be better. Um <clears throat> I like the ambience and stuff. It's same, I think uh, they didn't have they had like kind of like mellow rock music, like John Mayer playing in the background. Oh. And I quite like I quite like John Mayer. Um it wasn't Japanesey at all, but See, I quite yeah, like fine. the ambient music that Shoryu has because it's very sort of, um, I guess, inclusive. Like, it doesn't 
you know what I mean? Like, it's not really anything. It's, it's, it doesn't um, get in the way. Yeah, it's milk toast. It's just sort of background noise, and that's what it should be. Um, you should either be slurping down ramen or, like, having a good conversation with whoever you're with. Um, yeah. Or- yeah, I think that was the idea here. But instead of playing Oriental music, they had mellow rock. Um, and it wasn't too loud or overbearing because I was having a conversation with someone over lunch. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good place, but it's not um, it's not my number one. It's number two. Okay. So. Bone Daddies? Bone Daddies. Bone Daddies. Hmm, I'm intrigued because I've been asked to go there before. <clears throat> Um, and said no because sure you exists <laughs> okay so i'll start with the bad stuff Ooh. no buns oh no no uh, oh wow that's that's a bold move no buns which means i couldn't get i couldn't um i, I couldn't get buns for a starter so i went for the korean chicken wings korean fried chicken if they ain't got no buns then my anaconda don't want none <laughs> yeah um but you korean chicken wings i've had those before and they are pretty fucking tasty yeah so korean fried chicken is normally fried in a special way so it's very crispy yeah very crispy um but these were just giant chicken wings that were like just soaked in some red sauce with sesame seeds on top and mm. they were nice but they weren't i wouldn't say they're korean chicken wings after having korean fried chicken in uh, New York this year for the first time. It, yeah, oh, my right. expectations were a bit high. <laughs> it's. I don't think it's a, an adequate substitute for the um for the bun. Like no, that's almost perfect. You've got that softness of the bun. You've got like the tenderness of the meat and the crispy vegetables inside. It's a really nice, rounded like food stuff. Um, it's got a bit of everything going on, and then you've got a uh, chicken wing. You know, uh, yeah. There were like big chicken wings, you know, where you get like the legs and the the thighs of the chicken kind yeah. of mixed on there. I feel like when you're having ramen, you want something sort of substantial on the side of it because you're drinking a soup anyway. Like, yeah, I think you want something that you can like hold and grasp and like ah, tear into. But that's just me. Yep, no, that's me too. So, um, instantly, instantly, instantly lose points for um, the buns. Let's see if they can redeem um, themselves. The bowls, the bowls are amazing. Oh, really? They're these terracotta rustic, like little chips on the side. Mm. They look like they've, um, they look like they've seen, they've got a story to tell. There's, there's a obnoxiously hipster that sounds. Did you take pictures? Yes, yes. There will be pictures in the show notes. Codename chicken dot church slash six. I'm looking forward to seeing these. So I've got a picture of all three ramen. So the bowls, they win hands down on the bowls. The bowls look amazing. Cool. Um, but then there's the beer. Uh, so again, it's, no um, no Hitachi, no, right? No, they got... Um, they got... Um, I can't, can't pronounce it. Asashi? Asashi? Asahi. 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 Ashai, something like that, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's like um, Chinese takeaway beer. Um, it's like the, yeah. the Chinese equivalent of Cobra. Exactly, yeah. It's just like generic. Very sort um, of dry. Generic Asian lager. And they got two. They got uh, like the super creamy head. They've also got a black one, which I assume is more of a stout, which um, 
yeah, I wouldn't really want that because it's too heavy to have with ramen, you know, drinking stout and ramen. You want something light and fizzy and kind of sweet. Yeah, that's where um, Hitachino Nest... Here's a good thing about that beer, spot. It goes really well with ramen, but also I could just drink it all day long on its own. Like, Yeah. And it's one of those beers where it's not like, oh, I'm drinking a beer. It's like, you know, a, a nice, refreshing, cold, crisp beverage. It's really, really nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, they got three different types of Asahi beers. Um, yeah, two on draft, one on a bottle. Uh, they got some Bristol Craft Ale, which isn't Japanese at all. So I won't really want that. Um, and they got their own cider that they make, oh. which is quite cool. But um, not Oriental in any way. Uh, I, I don't know. It just says Bone Daddy's Cider, so I don't know what they're doing there. But yeah, they, so they lose points on the beer selection. Okay. Greatly. Which is a shame. So the ramen. The ramen itself. Um, the ramen itself. It's good. Really thick broth. Um, one thing I didn't like, I don't like seaweed or nori in my ramen. Okay, I do. So, so uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Everyone's got their taste, but I normally ask for it without or get it to, or take it out afterwards um but the, the broth had a very mild nori taste to it you'll probably find it was you know in the broth while they were cooking it and just taking it out later on like possibly i don't know whether it's part of the broth or if it's they've just you know added it to the bowl so it had a very mild seaweed taste that i can taste and that kind of spoiled it a little bit um it wasn't too strong so i could stomach it you know i could stomach it and it wasn't detracting from the meal but yeah it just had that slightly little twang to it that i didn't like uh, apart from that it was really nice really good bowl they don't ask you how firm you want your noodles so i guess they just come in one way no size Maybe. options or no size options um iputo do ask your firmness if you want it um soft medium or, or hard noodles do they order uh do they offer size like udons or no no mm. No, um, so Bone Daddy's lose there slightly for the broth, but it was a really tasty bowl regardless. Um, I didn't enjoy the, the Korean fried chicken much, sadly. Um, it was just, it, it was just a bit, uh, I didn't, no, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it. It just wasn't life changing. It wasn't like, I mean, eating a great bun. Yeah. It was just, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's, it's just a really messy fried really messy chicken um see I've, I've had ramen in a lot of restaurants and like i always try and recreate that sort of shoyu meal that i have the ramen and the pork bun and and some sort of tasty beer i don't think i'll ever forget the first meal i had at ramen uh at shoyu rather um it was on a date with someone else who i probably <laughs> would rather forget but yeah, I just remember going in there and the whole place feels so sort of welcoming and friendly. Um, there's there's that thing of trying to read foreign things off a menu and they could see I was having trouble with it and they just went, oh, that, the, whatever it was called, I can't remember. Cause I've, I've, yeah, if you don't know much about Japanese cuisine, you, that menu can be intimidating yeah, easily. They, they sort of have a look and they go, oh, you want that one? And they tell you what's in it like exactly what's in it, which is handy because that pickled ginger shit is in there and that stuff tastes like perfume. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. It's weird. It tastes like drinking perfume. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole sort of vibe in Shoyu, and I know Shoyu has, it's a chain, right? There's, I think, five or six. And the one that we typically go to is actually considered sort of not the best one, which is kind of weird. The other ones let you reserve seats and stuff. Um, but the one we go to is just tucked in like a little side road, unassuming. You wouldn't know it was there unless you were looking for it. But then you go in there and it's like a little slice of Asian culture almost. Hospitality. Yeah, hospitality. It's a very hospitable one. Everything's very respectful. Like everyone, you know, nonstop pleases, thank yous, like little bows. And it's such a nice place. And I, I recognize that it's, you know, a lot more expensive. You could go and get a bowl of ramen and a pork bun and a beer at Wagamama's for like half the price. But I'm more than comfortable paying this money for this quality of food, this quality of service and this friendliness like that you get in there. It's a really, really nice restaurant. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, back to Bone Daddy's, they had uh, one of their selling points is they play loud rock music. Okay. <clears throat> so it was quite um, kind of classic rock, glam rock, like that Def Leppard playing at one point. And mm. I, I'm quite into all that music, so I don't mind. Um, so it's kind of got like young vibe to it where you know it wants young casual eaters in i guess um which is cool um so i'm gonna give it third place based on oh yeah so that means show you is number one i mean i saw it coming yeah <sighs> yeah so um let down by the beer the starters or the lack of buns rather um that and the general music and the ambience isn't bad, but I prefer the Shoyu experience. I think we disagree on the bowls at Shoyu, but I I would quite like to own one of the Shoyu bowls. If they would sell me one, I would buy it. <laughs> yeah, I was just I felt like I had to say something bad about Shoyu, <laughs> and that was the best thing I could criticize is the branded bowls, which to be honest, they, they don't bother me. It's just um, the bowls in Bone Daddy's are so much better. They're like very rustic terracotta style and they just look a lot cooler. We don't um, have any sponsors on this podcast, but God damn, if we could get sure you to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how that would work out. Um, I would pay them a fixed monthly fee for like, did you ever hear about that um, uh, Olive Garden Unlimited Pasta Pass thing? Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, like if sure you did that, I'd be all over it. I would pay, you know, a hundred pounds. Well, probably I'd pay five hundred pounds for unlimited ramen for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just going for every meal. So I'm actually going to go to the one of sure you's tomorrow in uh, Liverpool Street. Oh, okay. So I've got a I've got an event that I'm going to on the night, and then afterwards, I'm gonna go get some ramen, and then. Is he, are you um, still down this way? Yeah. No, no. I'm coming down tomorrow by train. Ah. And then my friends, I said to my friend, "Let's go for ramen," and he's booked us into a sushi restaurant. Yeah, I heard about this. Um, do you mind if I call him a cock? You can call him whatever you what want. What a cock! I, I know, I said to him, hey, let's go for ramen. I know it's a great place because I've literally eaten every single ramen in this square mile. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll book us into a sushi restaurant. Did he oh, great. eat ramen and just assume Asian? Like, 
just anything Asian will do. Like I said, we'll go for some Japanese ramen. I don't think he knows what ramen is because so, he's obviously pushed into a sushi restaurant and none of us eat sushi. Yeah, fish is nasty. It came from the sea. So I'm thinking of um, possibly having a very low, a very small lunch with him. Just hold like a starter and then just sneak off afterwards and go get some ramen. Just take a bag of skips in there and eat them and then go off and get some shoyu. <laughs> take some pork scratchings or something. Oh, yeah, pork scratchings. I remember that. I've been thinking about... Um, sorry to hijack your train of thought there. No, no. I told you I have a pen pal, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, pen pal. Yeah, so we've been talking uh, about exchanging like um, a small care package because he's in America and I'm in the UK. And uh, I've been thinking about what have we got here that maybe wouldn't be in America. I guess they have pork scratchings, though. Shit. Mm. I don't know. He was saying that he could possibly send some of their local jerky. And I was quite excited by that because our jerky is shit. Yeah. Terrible processed garbage. <clears throat> yeah. America have good quality, good price beef. Yeah. Um, which is why they can afford to just have good jerky. Just fuck and... it up to make jerky. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you've been playing something last weekend um, apart from doom yeah well this is that whole hashtag new me thing uh i said i was going to play overwatch and mm. overwatch had a free weekend so i played a bunch of overwatch um yeah i still have things i don't like about it but i enjoyed my time uh i did very well at it because it was the free weekend, I couldn't go into competitive, which is kind of what I wanted to do. Because I, f- All right. I find I do pretty well at it anyway. And recently I've been playing more competitive TF2 rather than sort of casual. Um, yeah, so it was kind of weird, actually. I jumped in. I haven't played since the beta, which was the yeah, beginning of this year at some point. A very long time ago. And I haven't really watched anything about it either. So I, I jumped in, did pretty well. Uh, I think I went like 22 and 4 or something in my first match, which is a pretty good KDR bra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only things I didn't quite know was uh, what the new characters did, but I worked that out soon enough. Um, yeah, it's definitely not going to make me give up TF2. I know... At least one of my friends has said to me, point blank, he's fully fucking done with Team Fortress. He's all on Overwatch now. Which makes me a bit sad, but then I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get his um, Team Fortress inventory out of him if he's not going to play it anymore. He's that for trading. But, uh, yeah. So because I'm saving every fucking penny that I earn between now and the end of February, uh, I think my housemate is getting me Overwatch for Christmas. Because That would be um, quite nice. Yeah, um... I'm kind of difficult to buy presents for. Like, uh, if I want something, I'm very sort of irresponsible with my money. If I want something, I just get it. Like, I, I don't have that sort of like put it in a wish list and wait a few days to see if I still want it. I just get it, get it, get it, get it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to 
having it and not feeling like I've got to get in as much as I can over the space of a weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into competitive because I feel like I don't want to sound like that guy, but I feel like casual play was a bit easy. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> I'm right. supposed to be. You want to you want to feel challenged and yeah, like I I don't want. Why not? Sometimes it's fun to go into a game and just fucking stomp, right? Like just destroy everything in your path. But that doesn't stay fun for long. What does stay fun to me is you know being challenged, learning new ways to play classes, learning new strategies, new sort of map tactics really getting into the nitty gritty of a class like sort of just grokking it like you know just sort of knowing it you know when you're going to reload you know when your skill is going to recharge or whatever um that said i did only play uh maybe five classes (laughs) the whole weekend (laughs) yeah i normally um just play the healers just to learn the basics of the levels and just have like a very easy supportive time so you just support other players i quite like so you're a massive in that part yeah yeah I, 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 yeah essentially i do quite like playing that supportive role mm. sometimes strangely sometimes i like to play medic in team fortress because you can literally rally a team to victory just by being a medic and being good at it mm. um i haven't played oh i, I tell a lie i played um zenyasa oh that was something. That was something. Let's let's jump onto that. What was that? Okay, so I've finished the monstrosity that was the Marshall. Oh, you drank it. Rock and roll craft beer. Reluctantly, it's taken me so long to stomach it. So this is London Pale Ale, which is um, where are we? I can peel the label for a chance to win an adventure to Yakima Valley. Let's touch bottles. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where Yakima Valley is, but it sounds pretty Japanesey to can me. You spell that for uh, me. Yeah, Yak Y A K I M A Yakima. Yeah, so it's called Meantime. So I think that's something to do with Greenwich as well. Um, Yakima Valley mm. is in America. <laughs> okay, in a place called Yakima. It's- so you've got an American beer that's brewed in the UK and I've got a UK beer brewed in America? Um, there is a London in Canada, isn't there? London, Ontario. No, this is actual London, London, as in... London. London, England. Yeah, because it's meantime, Greenwich meantime. That doesn't exist anymore. It's um, made with Kentish Golding hops. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're both from Kent. We've seen our share of hop houses, hop farms. Yeah, definitely. So let's have a. It smells. You gave it a sniff and everything. Are you going to drink a little bit and spit it out? <laughs> oh, I can't drink it now because I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a go. Oh, refreshing. Very citrusy. Okay. Hints, hints of orange zest. Mm. Nice, good beer. This so London Pale Ale. Links in the show notes. This Samuel Adams is growing on me. It's it might have been a bit reductive to say it's just like Budweiser. It does have that Budweiser feeling. You know, it's very crisp and sort of watery, but it's it's got a nice taste to it. I could drink this. I could go to a pub and drink this all night. 
Budweiser is normally my go-to. When there's nothing else. Bad beer. Yeah. That's my generic. You know, buy a crate for ten pound, and it's probably be Budweiser. Yeah, that's normally when I do uh, what me and my friend like to call Lanimal, which uh, <laughs> is when we have a land party at his either his house or my house. Um, but obviously, it's not a land party because land doesn't fucking exist anymore. Uh, but yeah, we generally just get like a uh, some tub he bought out of Poundland, just a big fucking tub, fill it full of ice and a couple of crates of Budweiser and just sort of go to town playing games all day for like a weekend or something. That's when Budweiser pops up in my life. And I think, I mean, if if I could buy a crate of Samuel Adams, I'd probably do that. Yeah, if I could buy a crate of a nice craft beer for a decent price, I probably would, but... I don't think this is a nice craft beer. I think this is some... Uh... Oh, shit, it's got gluten in it. It's the end of the world. Oh, are you going to die? Yeah, I'm not. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Overwatch. Um, yeah, like, uh, I did play a healer, Zenyatta. Um, but he's one of these sort of weird Overwatch healers that isn't what you traditionally think of as a healer. Like... Uh, yeah, he can heal you. Like, he has uh, basically two orbs. You can put a healing orb on someone, or you can put a mm, kind of like a debuff orb on someone. But you can only put debuff on enemy and only heal on friendly. Um, but he was also fairly strong with his attacks. And visually, he's a pretty cool character. He's like a, a floating sort of meditating robot. <laughs> Like throws orbs everywhere. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I quite like it. I played as him. Yeah, so I played. That was the healer I played. I played a lot of Diva, the tank, which is a really interesting class, and uh, she plays a lot like the heavy from Team Fortress, except she has like a charge move, and her big special ability is she can jump out of a robot and send it flying into people to blow up. That's cool. Uh, I played a lot of Farah, which is essentially the soldier. And I'm I'm pretty fucking good with soldier in Team Fortress, so it's a very easy transition. Um, and I played some Tracer. Towards the end of my time, or recently in Team Fortress, I've been trying to get good at Scout, so I felt like a lot of that transitioned over to playing Tracer. She's basically a Scout with two guns, and she can time travel and stuff. So Okay. Yeah, while I don't think it's not going to... It's definitely not going to replace Team Fortress for me. I feel like I've still got stuff that I can get done in Team Fortress. Like, I'm learning new ways to play classes and new uh, sort of new strategies and getting sort of good into competitive mode. Uh, I think that the two are kind of fundamentally similar enough that I can play both without one ruining the other, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm not going to get too used to one to make me bad at the other one. Yeah. So I found that I was able to jump into Overwatch pretty easily and that I could go back to Team Fortress and still sort of have the same level of skill without getting confused between the two. Gotcha. So yeah, that's where I am. Um, hashtag new me. It's working. It's not... I'm not doing the Iron Man films. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's too too much. Yeah, that I just I've got no interest. I watched a few of the Marvel things, but I'm not going that far. Like the Avengers aren't as good as the Justice League, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I've got a new pooping game this week. Yeah, we've both got pooping games this week. This is um unprecedented. Pooping games are back. Um, the <clears throat> pooping game. I still didn't do it. Yeah. yeah, I need some sort of um, musical intro for my pooping you games. With a sound this one's called... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I've got there. I don't think I've got anything um, relevant for pooping. Um, that'll do <laughs> so it's called run gun jump gun oh okay and it's basically um an endless runner oh with a twist it's got these very 8-bit style graphics mm. um it's level based which is cool because it's not just like uh oh, it's not an endless runner it's more level based which is quite good um it's got some sort of crazy story and it's basically got two controls you either tap on the left side for um to shoot your gun down which makes you float oh or you shoot on your right side to make you shoot your gun forward which makes you fall or just run along the floor um there's lots of as you get as you progress there's lots of um uh chainsaws um what they're called the little saws are in um like the ones in super meat boy super meat boy yeah so like buzz saws buzz saws yeah like environmental hazards yeah so it's like environmental hazards that you've got to go around and the camera's always moving forward so you've got to navigate through a maze shoot objects um and don't die and if you do die you just get transported back to the beginning of the level and there's no real uh, nothing's really lost. You don't feel that frustrated. So it's very similar to Super Meat Boy. Like very small levels that get progressively harder. Yeah. And yeah. I'd recommend it. It's a very good, uh, it's a very good little game, uh, especially mechanics where you can either shoot down and fly up or shoot forward um, and fall or just run along the floor. It's going to be a balance of the two, isn't it? Um... Yeah. Sometimes it's like, um, things you need to shoot in front of you to uh progress so you need to kind of balance being in the right place and because it's so fast paced it's quite twitchy in that respect Hmm. so yeah i'd recommend it i'll give that a go i mean hopefully it's on android a lot of these games aren't um you never know so Um, what about you did you say you've got a pooping game i'm just looking through my app list because i can never remember what it's called it's called skyward um this game caught my eye because it has similar sort of geometry-based graphics to uh, Monument Valley, just one of the few mobile games that I ever sort of really liked. Um, thematically, it's kind of like Monument Valley, but it's a lot different. It's it's uh, So imagine you've got a circle and then a second mm-hmm. circle that orbits it, right? It sort of yep. spins around it. So every time you tap on the screen, the circle that's orbiting the first circle goes static and the original circle starts to orbit that one. That makes sense? So you can walk like a swinging motion. Oh, okay. This yeah. is hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of, as I say, like kind of like Monument Valley. It's a very sort of geometry-based layout um, with perspective sort of playing a big part so you can it looks like maybe you're going to go off a ledge but actually you can start walking up a wall or whatever and you've essentially got a tap so that every time the 
orbiting circle gets to a surface, you tap, and then that becomes the static one, and the other one starts to orbit, and then you tap, and you know they switch places again to see how far you can go, and it scores you based on how many steps you took. But oh, got the longer you take, uh, I think the smaller the circles get, so it gets a lot harder to um, actually, you know, sort of get through it. It, it, it takes longer to get through it uh, carefully than it does with the sort of downwell style risk and reward, like go at it fucking hard, you know, <laughs> trying to get it like tap, 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 get it sort of rhythm based. Um, yeah, it's a really cool game. And again, to bring up Meat Boy, short, tight levels, very tight controls. Um, it does that thing of when you lose, it doesn't give you a chance to be angry. You're straight back into the action. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, yeah, it's a really cool game. I got it from the Amazon Underground thing. Oh, okay, so you get a game for free. You get a game, a tr- traditionally a game that would be for money. You get it for free, but they inject adverts into it. Um, but they're very sort of non-intrusive. It's generally just when you boot the game, you get an advert, and then you can kill it, and that's, then you got the game. Oh, I got it. Um, that's quite good. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid system that Amazon are going with. Um, I quite like that. It, especially if you don't mind waiting a few months to play a mobile game, which I don't mind <laughs> at all. I'm not rushing out to get mobile games at launch. You know what I mean? <laughs> there is one mobile game I'm going to rush out to get. Super Mario <clears throat> Go. Super Mario Go comes out next month. I think they got a release date for the middle of December. Do you know what the sort of minimum requirement is for that. Um, I believe it's only on iPhone. Yeah, but I'm wondering what, what what is the lowest iPhone you can play it on. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Because I don't own an yeah. iPhone. <laughs> Have you got an iPad? Nope. Gave it to my mum. <clears throat> she doesn't use it. I might get it back. Yeah, you can borrow it and suddenly you need to play Mario. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's a one-off cost of it's free to download and then to unlock everything, it's like £8. Yeah, but otherwise it's freemium, right? Or $10. Not freemium, just free. I think you're just very limited on what levels you can play. I'm not really sure on the model. Okay. But I know you can just pay once to doubt to unlock everything. So that's, again, I can support where it isn't like, you know, pay a dollar every time you want to buy some coins or whatever, you know, that kind of junk. Yeah. So um, I like Mario and I love Nintendo, so I'll see what they've done on mobile, see if it's good or not. Uh, I'll be definitely checking it out. Cool. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd be interested to see what you think of it when it actually launches. I mean, I'll try to get my hands on an Apple device to play it on. I don't know why they can't do an Android port, considering the amount of market share that Android has, but there you go. Um, That's just me being salty, I guess. Yeah, there's market share, and then there's the actual good market share where people download it. Yeah, I also mean like there's 88% versus 12 or whatever it was that came out very recently. Yeah, but the 12% are happy to pay £8. A lot of people <laughs> on Android are happy to pay, but. A lot of people, Google, not from my experience. <laughs> Google have made it very, very easy to pirate things. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's that very strong. Uh, as soon as you, as soon as I search for an app, no Google autocomplete. It also completes that app name plus APK at the end. Yeah. 
So I'm typing in Monument Valley. I type in like Mon, Monu, Monument, and it says Monument Valley, APK. Like, you know, it's like the first link on Google. You know, Google are mm. basically encouraging it at that point by pre- predicting you're going to type that. They've actually made me angry this week because they've uh, updated Google Play Music and now it is horseshit. It's, um, it used to be perfect for me, um, but now it's all very sort of like colourful and it's trying to recommend me things based on where I am physically in the world, which is weird. I don't like that. Like it's given me something here entering beast mode. The fuck is that, Google? I don't know. Because it knows you're at home and you turn into a beast or something. Yeah, apparently, like... Here's something for fans of Flight of the Concords. Like, if it's anything but Flight of the Concords, I'm probably not interested. Yep, <laughs> it's just a list of Flight of the Concords records. Like, I've got all those anyway. Stop it. Take it back to how it was. I want it back. <laughs> oh, it's the future. I just, it'll take me time to get used to it, but... Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um... So we have the website. Oh, wait, Ooh. wait, 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 so, I'm, I mean, I'm going to call it, it was probably the original. We've got 19 votes. Huh. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's good counting. Twelve for, who do you think? The original major. We have 12 votes for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, really? Yeah. I did. I know there's a lot of uproar, but maybe not so much now, but originally there was a lot of uproar, uproar about Hollywood whitewashing and rah, rah, rah. I rewatched Ghost in the Shell last week just because I was on a fucking Ghost in the Shell tip. Like, I needed it. And, um,. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right. Uh, the major in the anime is sort of a very blank human. She's not Japanese. A lot of the characters in that are quite obviously Japanese or they've quite obviously been drawn Asian. This one is sort of very pale, very white. There's no distinguishing facial features. It's You can always tell because uh, in Asian media, they draw white people with big noses. Yeah. Um, or Western people with big noses. And... But then I guess on the other side of that, you look at all the footage that's been put out so far. Um, while she does, Scarlet looks the part, right? The Major was always a very stoic. Like, she, there was never any facial expression there, and that kind of played into the whole idea of what she was. She's essentially yeah. a fucking combat machine with, like, a really intelligent uh, ghost inside just someone's personality. Uh, but then you've got Scarlett Johansson doing like all these kind of facial expressions and sort of anger or fear or you know, sort of action or whatever. It's not, it's supposed to be that stone face, like, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves type thing, right? <laughs> just in everything. Yeah, just, this should have been a female John Wick, uh, but with less action. 
and more Tokyo. But uh, that's just me. I've finished work <clears throat> after a night shift and I've been drinking beer, so I'm probably not the best to um <laughs> to give opinions on shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That surprised so, me um, that she that she won that. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently twelve to uh whatever twelve minus nineteen is. So uh, I can't seven. I can't do the math. Seven, yeah, twelve to seven, that sounds right. Um fans are all wrong. Yeah, that's their problem. They'll they gotta live with their decisions. Yeah. So, um thanks for listening and we can be on Twitter and Facebook slash codename chicken. Yeah. We've got emails at um no cluck at codename chicken dot church. Yes we have. Show notes at codename chicken dot church slash six. Yep, uh it's just that every episode I'm, is slash the number, isn't it? I'm getting used to that yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm at Crafty Dino on Twitter, and you have a new Twitter username. Oh shit! Yeah, what did I change it to? Um, piss piss pound <laughs> at piss pound. <laughs> so yeah, at piss pound for Carl. Um, I'm also going to throw out my Instagram at sod underscore ape because I also put the show out there, and it seems to get a pretty good response there. Um, and also you can look up pictures of my robots, and I think maybe oh yeah. I've- some footage of me and Dean flying a drone around earlier in the year. I'll, I'll put a link to that in, uh, in the show notes too. Yeah, can do. Um, yeah, why not? Oh, I'm looking at Dean's ramen pictures. That is a nice bowl. It is, isn't it? The bone daddy's Yeah, one. it looks really uh, weathered. And that yeah. ramen looks odd. It's very sort of black and it looks like a bowl of soy sauce. The black. Um, what are you looking at? My Instagram? No, your Twitter. <clears throat> no, well let's forget that anyway we're ending the show um, no I want to talk about ramen again okay um, I can see which one is the shoyu one because it says shoyu on the bowl uh, that next one down yeah. there I'm guessing is the other one with a funny sounding name um, the the white one yep. the white bowl is yeah that's oh yeah they're both china bowls that's um, it, oh, I can't remember it now uh, or something like that isn't it Ipotu, Ipotu. Ipotu. Uh, and so this red one is Bone Daddy's. Uh, yeah, that looks like a very, very black liquid. No, they must... I think they splash some sort of soy sauce on top. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I can see some brown um, coming through, I guess. This is a very visual... Oh, no, no, that was me. I put a soy sauce on. Oh. Oh, did I? Did I put a soy sauce on? I don't know. I know I... I don't think I did, because... No, no, because I drizzled the chilli oil over the... Pork. I can see that. It does look delicious. Yeah, you can see the chili oil. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's a good bowl. It's a good bowl of ramen. Um, that's thing. I think everywhere done a good bowl of ramen. Um, I was, I could only really differentiate them by the extras they offered and the ambience and everything else. I think Shoyu has the full package. Um, I think they go all out on trying to be like the full experience, and it's. Yeah, Shoyu were the only, as you can see from the pictures, I think Shoyu looks the best. Great presentation. Yeah, Ipatu probably looks the most traditional, what you'd get a typical Japanese izakaya. Oh, Um, got it. That's probably the wrong word. Uh, But, um, yeah, no, Shoyu was the best. And they give you the wooden spoon. The wooden spoon adds so much to it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, What Wagamon? The other two places had, like, plastic. Oh, there's one thing I did like about uh, Bone Daddies. They had wooden chopsticks as opposed to the glossy wooden chopsticks that Shoyu Yeah, I like a rougher chopstick. So, yeah, they're more 
rustic and you know you have to break them apart and then shake them together to get all the uh, I can't wait to have ramen with you again next time we do it we'll probably yeah. be in Japan probably yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something to think about but yeah I'm going to have ramen tomorrow oh, well I'm not um, I'm going to be maybe twice maybe twice um, well I mean, I'm going to be having ramen but it's not going to be like restaurant ramen it's going to be from a packet <laughs> but it's quite nice um, yeah so one last thing I think I'd like to throw out is uh we can see some of you are getting it from iTunes. We would love it if you would rate and uh, and and drop a little review on iTunes. That would help us out greatly. Um, yeah, just any like you know, rating and, and reviewing it, it goes a long way to getting into that sort of new and noteworthy section, and that's a real, real boost for like a fledgling sort of growing podcast. So if you'd be nice enough to do that, please do be super amazing yeah and if for some reason you want to you know get in touch on the twitter or facebook do it and we'll shout you out on the show as long as your name isn't sort of like racist or anything they're called alt-right now oh all right okay yeah the nazis have uh, rebranded themselves quite successfully it seems. oh fair enough okay yeah so if you've got an alt-right username i'm probably not going to give you the time of day but if your name's if your username's like John. John. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, shout out to John. He uh he he did the hashtag on Twitter. I still don't understand Twitter. <laughs> it's an experience. I still don't know how to look at what I've done on Twitter. So you basically just tweet out you just retweet parapada down <laughs> all the time. That's what you do. That's my favourite thing at the moment. So there's a Twitter account I think we've spoken about called Parapada Noun, where all it tweets out is Parappa the and then a noun like Parappa the building, Parappa the military helicopter, uh, Parappa oh, the basketball, course. Parappa the quality, Parappa the yeah building, Parappa the destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you just retweet uh, every, well, not everyone, but a lot of them. There's one here from Wesley Snipes. Uh, today I am choosing to stay positive and kind to anyone I encounter today, except vampires. <laughs> <laughs> He never did uh, let go of Blades, did he? I don't think so. Um, yeah. I think he still believes it's going to be Blade again one day. A lot of my Twitter is... Oh, there's that Ted Cruz thing. <laughs> That's <was> pretty funny. <laughs> Ted Cruz and the dude from uh, the American office. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, this is a very visual thing for a sort of audio medium. It's not going well, is it? Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> no. Um, go and have a look at it later on, Dean. Oh, down on my list somewhere. Right, so uh, I guess I've been Carl. I've been He's Dean. Been Dean. Uh, that's it. We're done. See you next week. Possibly with a guest. Possibly. Possibly. I need to speak to him again, but I think with a guest, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>